Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. Maybe you've seen that picture of the little boy that pops the top off of the Hershey's cocoa powder and takes a big old bite of it, and it takes like 10 seconds before his little face turns inside out and he's trying to spit it out, but he realizes this stuff is sticky and now it's all over my tongue, and that is not what Hershey's cocoa is supposed to taste like. It's terrifying. There are elements of leadership development that are exactly the same as that cocoa powder, and that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Stay tuned. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. When I was a kid, there were a couple of really special treats that I enjoyed a lot. A couple of things that Southern home cooking, my grandmother and my mother would make. And one of them was apricot dumplings. We had a big apricot tree in our backyard. Someone call them apricots, but it's really apricots. And we would bring them in by the bushel. And my mother would cut up the ones that were no longer firm enough to be made into jam or whatever. And she would boil them in a giant pot. And then with whatever kind of wizardry she would put in that pot with them, they would come out with apricot dumplings. And they would have just like chicken and dumplings, only with apricots. And it had a sweet, tart taste to it. It was supposed to be like a dessert, but I could eat it like breakfast cereal. By the big old bowl, as many of them as I could have. She would, As many as she would let me have, I would eat them. Yummy. My granny also made homemade biscuits that are like world-famous biscuits. Well, in, in her hometown of Lomita, not a very big town, but everybody loved her biscuits. And she would make these big, giant, homemade, crumbly biscuits. And then she would make either sausage gravy or chocolate gravy. Mmm, chocolate gravy. Nothing Southern like chocolate gravy. And sometimes... If she didn't have chocolate gravy and biscuits, she would get up early in the morning and I would come in to find cinnamon toast, like actual toast with cinnamon sugar sprinkled on top of it with the butter and a cup of hot cocoa. I was in heaven. Well, let me just tell you something. If you've never tried what I tried that morning that I tried to make my own breakfast, I was about nine. And I put the bread in the toaster with the butter on it. I wanted to make sure the butter melted. So I buttered my bread and I shoved it in the toaster and I started toasting it. And while it was toasting, I went and got the cinnamon and I went and got the sugar and I went and got the cocoa to make my hot chocolate. And I thought with the spoon, I'm gonna sample all these goodies before I finish making my breakfast. And I about gagged myself to death with a tablespoon of cinnamon followed by a tablespoon of cocoa. They did not work well together at all. I did not get the experience I was I was hoping for with that blend of the cinnamon sugar toast and a chaser of hot chocolate. I no, that is that is not what I got. What I got nearly forced me to the trash can. I had all the right stuff. I had the cinnamon, I had the sugar, I had the toast, I had the butter, I had the bread. Oh yeah. I tried to later take that toast out of the toaster with a pork because the buttered bread got stuck. That was a mess too. I got, got in trouble for that one too because it flipped the breaker and all the lights went off in the house. Bad idea. Maybe you've noticed though in your life that 
these relationships that you're trying to build, these teams that you're trying to develop, even your own personal journey, sometimes you get down the road to this and you realize this is not what I expected it to be. It wasn't supposed to be this hard. It wasn't supposed to taste like that. And sometimes, like raw cocoa powder or straight cinnamon, the elements, the ingredients, the journey along the way to leadership leaves a really bad taste in your mouth. If you've ever had to lead people who don't care about your leadership, they only want their own success, and they are willing to step on you as you try to lead them to get their success. They're, they're willing to climb up your back and trash talk you the whole way as long as getting on top of your head leads to their grand success or their notoriety or their being recognized. Now, maybe you haven't experienced that yet. I hate to say it, but it's imminent. It's coming. There's going to be a time in your leadership development as you grow from level to level, from day to day, from personality to personality, that you're going to find there's someone that you've been leading, that you've been sacrificing for, that you've been giving to, that you've been pouring into, who finally realizes they have the potential to do what you do. And the minute it dawns on them, it's like some little, I don't know, on their shoulder says to them, you could have their job. You could do what they do better than they do. Now, this is purely attitude. This, I think I can, I feel like I can, I, I think I should, I feel like I will. Motivation inside them will drive them to do some of the most utterly ridiculous things you've ever seen in your life. Sabotage relationships, badmouth friends, destroy opportunities, burn bridges. All for the hope that they will find their way to stardom and success. That's only one ingredient of leadership development to warn you about. Now, I can tell you too, some of the leadership ingredients, some of the Patience, learning to be kind, learning to be understanding, learning to be gracious. All of these, well, they sound like some kind of religious doctrine or something. No, it's it's just how you got to do things in the world. I was, I was watching a, a video just the other day where the young lady who's been working with the SEALs since she was enlisted is now moving into the upper echelons. And as she's moving to the upper echelons, she gets her, her opportunity at the Pentagon and somebody many years her senior looks at her and says, hey, I brought you here because you're a genius. I think you've got some great ideas, but if you don't learn to get around these people and get along with them and not just trust your passions, you're not gonna be here long. And so all the ideas that you have, nobody's gonna hear them because they can't hear them right now for your passion. They can't hear them right now because your passion comes off as arrogance. So you're gonna have to temper that a little bit with well, an ingredient that most of us don't like, it's called politics. You're going to have to get to know other people. And so in this conversation, the senior leader finally says to her, I did X, Y, and Z. And, and the young lady is like, wow, really? That's how you got here? As she said, oh, honey, you have no idea what my background is. You have no idea what my background is. And that statement was true not only of her, but of everybody else at that table. Have you found yourself in an environment where you feel like, well, I'm, I'm here, I'm invited because 
I have something special to bring to the table. I have this level of wit or intelligence or accomplishment. I, I have been awarded X, Y, and Z, and that's why I am here. And so all the rest of y'all, notice that. Pay attention to that. There's a reason that I'm here. Well, everybody else that's there has some kind of accolades, accomplishments, intellect, desirable attribute as well. So maybe in an environment like that, the one you need to bring to the forefront is, uh, well, it's that ingredient that's a lot like cinnamon. It's like baking powder. You ever try to eat baking powder? Ew, tastes like aluminum. Yeah, I only know because I tried. It's not something like eating baking soda. But did you know if you try to make cookies or biscuits without baking powder and baking soda, what you get is mortar. I mean, you could put bricks together with it. Baking powder and baking soda together are kind of that chemical catalyst that allows the bread to rise and the oxygen to come into it. And if you don't let it rise long enough, then you get flat biscuits, hockey pucks. You could hurt somebody with that thing. See, the ingredient in leadership that's the equivalent of that tartare or baking powder, that, that one ingredient that allows you to rise into the shape of a leader, by itself, it's nasty. And you don't want any part of it. It's called humility. Yep, it's a hard one. Sometimes it's hard to buy, but I, I can also tell you this, this is the nice thing about it. A little bit goes a long way. <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot of baking powder and a whole batch of biscuits. It doesn't take a whole lot of tartar or yeast. Without it, what you have is a disaster, but with it, you only need so much. With humility, if it's pure, if it's true, if it's honest, is one of those nasty ingredients that you do not want to consume all by itself. But when you have it in there, a little bit goes a long way, and it can make all the difference in the world for your career, for the who that you are, for your personal development. It's also one of those things that's really easy to see. When you get those hockey puck biscuits, you've had them. You've gone somewhere where biscuits and gravy is not the norm, and you order biscuits and gravy, and you get hockey pucks and juice, and you're like, what is that? That looks nothing like biscuits and gravy I've ever had. There's no fluffy to the biscuit and the gravy. What is that? That's the runniest, non-flavorful, looks like instant milk poured over hockey pucks. That's nasty. When you see that kind of result in someone else's life, as they're striving for leadership and you're trying to lead them, as they're looking for their next role, their next promotion, they want to rise to the top and you realize they are not quite ready for it. A lot of times it's because that one ingredient is missing. They, they, they forgot the flour and the gravy and they forgot the, the humility, the baking powder and the biscuit. They just don't have it. They got all kinds of other stuff in their life. They, they've got 200,000 followers on TikTok. 2 million views on their YouTube videos, all kinds of notoriety. Everybody in town knows who they are. They have a great reputation, a reputation perhaps that precedes them, but a reputation that's like a TikTok filter. 
They look awesome on paper. They've got a great resume, but they've never done anything outside of school that evidences that they've been there and done that. If you've ever tried to lead someone like that, you kind of get that hockey pucks and juice instead of biscuits and gravy kind of result. If you spent much time around people like that, that can be painful. That can be very frustrating because people like that will take advantage of you. They will. If they have no humility, that pride in them, that confidence in them, that that arrogance in them that's not always matched up with competence, they have a confidence without a competence, that can tear you up. I've watched it. I've done it. I've been on both sides of that. I've been the one with no humility as a rattling ball in somebody else's motor. But I've also learned to, to be the one that can sit back and watch other people either self-destruct or when they realize, hey, I'm in over my head, help them to find the way to redirect, to find the humility in themselves. Not to humiliate them. That's an entirely different thing. But to find the humility in themselves, to find the ingredients like patience. Sometimes it's really hard to wait while someone else self-destructs. But if you've raised kids or you've been in leadership for any period of time, you know there are people in your team, people in your household, people in your family, that no matter how many times you tell them, don't do that, the outcome is going to be a disaster, they don't hear it from you. They don't learn it from you. I was in a coaching environment recently, and my wife was at the table and had some input on the coaching stuff that we were working on and had her own questions about why I haven't done X, Y, and Z with her. And I turned to her and I gave her the reason. And it took about 24 hours for her to really think through that and go, hadn't really thought about it that way, but as bad as it feels, I think you might be right. It's really hard for people that are close to you to be led by you. It's really hard for people that are close to you to hear the things that you have to say. But they're crucial. They're very important. And you want to make sure that you care enough about them that they can hear them. John Maxwell says it all the time. I think it was Mother Teresa who said it first, but I'm not positive on this. The phrase goes something like, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Uh, all the advice in the world from someone who has something else to gain besides my good, not sure I'm ready to hear it. They want to sell me advice. They want to sell me further knowledge. I, I want to know if they've been there. Have they been through this? Have they experienced what I'm experiencing right now? Has, has their life grown up in that way? And if they're looking to give me advice on a subject they know nothing about, like those those people have all the advice in the world about parenting and they have no kids. I have one of those friends in my life. He's a good guy, smart guy, biggest heart of anybody in the world. But if I ever even slightly mention a negative thing going on with me or any of my kids or any of my 10 grandkids, suddenly he's got a whole list of advice. And I always just want to look at him and go, you were married for a week and you've never had kids. I've been married 29 years. We have four kids of our own and 10 that call us Lolly and Poppy. I'm going to take even my mistakes as greater advice than your parenting advice. No offense. I love you. 
I'll turn to you for other things, but this is not the place. So just let me vent and then we'll discuss it later. But telling me how to fix a relationship with my kids, probably not, you're probably not the source I'm looking for. As a leader, you're going to find yourself on both sides of that. You're going to have a whole lot of people trying to give you advice. They want to add ingredients to your chocolate chips. You ever try to make chocolate chips and add too many things to it? Maybe it's too many chocolate chips compared to the dough and now you just got a chocolate mess stuck to the pan because once that chocolate starts to cook onto that pan, it isn't going to be easy to get off of there. Or you think it's going to be chewy and gooey and that's going to be awesome, but it doesn't work like that. It, it actually scorches the chocolate before it cooks the dough. That's nasty. How about the people that add walnuts or pecans to their chocolate chip cookies? Well, now you got more goodies than you got cookies and soon it looks like a fruitcake. You ever had a fruitcake? On purpose? Yeah. There's a lot of ingredients in there. It's like the kitchen sink cooking. It's like, I'm going to take everything in my kitchen that's a leftover, I'm going to throw it in the pan, and I'll call it a fruitcake. There are people who lead like that. They throw every solution, every book, every opportunity into the mix. Oh, I, I read books. You can see them on my bookshelf. That's like one-third of the library that's in the studio. I read books. I read a lot of books. I look for a lot of advice. I look for advice from a lot of different directions. But I know when to trust that the source, the provider, has the experience and the input that I need. They've actually walked down this road before. And the challenge for a lot of leaders is that they'll take advice from anybody who's willing to throw it out there. That's not the kind of advice that you want to take. You want to take advice from people who've actually been there. And as a leader, you want to give that advice as well. Measured. Too much baking powder and you have a disaster. Not enough baking powder and you have a disaster. You could have hockey pucks or something that won't even bond together. See, a lot of the ingredients in leadership are they're catalysts. They're crucial catalysts. And without that one thing, without that patience, without that kindness, without that gentleness, without that ability to politic, to get to know the people at the table, get to know who they are, what their background is, what they're capable of, what they're responsible for, what they've done in the past, what it is they bring to the table until you've taken the time to do that, as much as you may hate the idea of politics, if you haven't taken the time to do that, you're not ready to lead at that level. Until you've taken the time to be patient with someone that you just keep seeing fail over and over and over and over and over. But you know that if you give them the solution, it's not going to bode well for them. Because even if they do your solution, if they do what you told them to do and they still fail at it because they only do it part way, they don't add a half a cup, they add a third of a cup or they add three cups. When they add that ingredient to their life and it becomes a bigger disaster, they're going to blame you. Along the way somewhere, they got to kind of figure it out on their own. And that takes patience. It takes the kindness to be able to say, yeah, that was a mess. That was a disaster. But we're not checking out on you. We're not done. If you don't give up on you, I won't give up on you. Stay the course. Fight your way through. We'll wait. We'll wait till you learn this lesson. As long as you're not hurting or destroying anybody else or the organization, just keep at it until you get through it. 
Nobody learns to run a marathon in a day, especially if they've never been running before. It's going to take a minute. It's going to take some practice. We understand. We'll wait. Keep going. Keep trying. Put in the effort. Patience is one of those ingredients that you don't want to ask for. You just got to wait for it. Because if you ask for it, it's going to get tested. Same with kindness. All of these are ingredients that are hard to come by. They've got to be earned. You've got to have the discipline to go get them. But if you try to shortcut the recipe to leadership, if you think just because I've got the degree, I've got the program, I've got the title, I've got it all figured out, you might as well just go buy your pecan pie in the, in the baking rack at the local grocery store. Take it out of the box, stick it in the microwave with some butter on it, and call it a day. Because that's the quality of leadership you're going to have. I remember sitting around the table with my mother with that stupid little thing that looked like a metal toothpick, trying to get the meat of the pecan out of the pecans. And I was like, why do we do this? And she's like, well, you want a pecan pie, don't you? I'm like, yeah, but they sell nuts in the bag at the store. She said, they don't taste the same. These fresh pecans together with that home-churned butter, that's going to make a great pecan pie. Let me tell you something. My mother made me a pecan pie for my life for as long as, for my birthday, for as long as I can remember until she couldn't remember how to make a pecan pie anymore. And as many pecan pies as I've had in my life, nobody makes them like my mother. Nobody puts the effort and the dedication and picking the nuts out of the shell, churning the butter, mixing the syrup, the bake in that pie with the pecans in the bottom and the whole halves on top. You just don't get another one like that. Leadership is exactly the same way. The quality of the outcome will be directly related to the effort you put into every ingredient. How diligent are you at what you're putting into your leadership? Are you trying to cut corners, skip ingredients, change the measurements, make something else? If that's the case, the recipe for your leadership is uh, potentially a recipe for disaster. Now, I can't say that unequivocally, and I won't overgeneralize that because we've seen leadership change in the last couple of decades. How leadership is done. Simon Sinek has been a great influence in the way leadership is done. A lot less tyrannical management and a lot more compassionate, hands-on influence. But if you're going to cut corners on the ingredients, what you're going to get is a, well, a baking disaster. Take the time to figure out what the ingredients are. Use them in good measure. The people that you're serving, that leadership pie, they're worth it. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, or Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.